everyone, my name is Zachary Rodier and welcome to episode 27 of 614 Check here on the Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio Podcasting Network. We have a great show for you today and in this episode we're going to be breaking down the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. It just came to a close and preview the third round in the Western Conference and Eastern Conference Finals. It's going to be exciting in this week's focus and we're also going to get to the Ohio State Buckeyes women's ice hockey team as they make a huge signing and the transfer portal as they sign McKenna Webster, and that's going to be a great signing for them. We'll get to that. We'll also get to the College Corner and Rapid Headlines as well. But without further ado, let's get right into this week's focus, breaking down the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, then getting to the conference final previews and the McKenna Webster Ohio State women's ice hockey team signing. Enjoy. Alright, now let's get into this week's focus here on 614 Check, recapping the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And let's start with the Eastern Conference. We already talked about last week the Florida Panthers getting swept by the Tampa Bay Lightning in the series, of course, 4 0. And we'll just recap that very quickly as we talked about that last week. The Panthers not able to get their offense going, only scoring three goals. In the entire series, losing Game 1, 4-1, Game 2, 2-1, Game 3, 5-1, and Game 2, two Game 4, excuse me, 2 to nothing. So the Tampa Bay Lightning, after the sweep, getting some rest as they are going to face off in the Eastern Conference Finals against the winner of the Hurricanes-Rangers series. And we do know now, after waiting a day to record this podcast now, we know that the New York Rangers defeated the Carolina Hurricanes in Game 7 of the second round in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And this was a pretty good series. I thought a lot of people didn't expect it to be as long as it ended up being. But Game 1 going to the Canes in overtime, 2-1. to one. Hurricanes getting Game 2 going up in the series 2 nothing. So they won that Game 2 nothing as well. Game 3, the Rangers winning Games 3 and 4 at home. 3-1 and 4-1, Game 5 going back to Carolina, the Hurricanes winning 3-1, and then the Rangers at MSG trying to keep the season alive, winning and forcing to a Game 7, 5-2 in Game 6. Game 7, domination, 6-2, final score there. And let's get started here. First of all, the home team always won in the first six games, so the Rangers really had to turn the tides, and Igor Shosturkin, I thought he was great in this series. He struggled at the beginning of the first round against the Pittsburgh Penguins, but of course he got his mojo back and he was looking really strong in this series. I thought the physicality and everything was there, but the Rangers offense with Chris Kreider, Lefanier, and everyone really getting going in Zabinijad, Panarin, everyone coming in strong, and Chris Kreider in Game 7 was massive for them getting two goals, so he was huge for them, and I'm really excited to continue to talk about this New York Rangers team. Did predict them last minute with a gut change of heart. It turned out well. I said the Rangers were going to end up beating the Carolina Hurricanes. They did do that. And I just think right now, when you have the great goaltending from Igor Shosturkin and the New York Rangers, and you got their offense, their defense is popping as well, they are getting on all the right cylinders as the series and the playoffs continue to get going. And now winning 8 of the 16 games they need to hoist that beautiful trophy in the Stanley Cup. They're 
continuing to get on the right track, get things going. And I'm really excited about how they're going to face off against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Do you want to talk about the Carolina Hurricanes a little bit? And it's just like they played a great series, I thought, but Game 7 really fell flat. The crowd at PNC Arena not able to get into it. And it was a quick start for the Rangers, getting things going, two power plays. You got to try and get the discipline really strong, seriously, on uh, a Game 7. And the Rangers capitalized on them, and that's good for them. But the Hurricanes giving them too much on that. And for the Hurricanes, of course, they have Antiranta, their second-string goaltender. Antiranta getting injured uh, mid-Game 7. So Peter Kuchorkov had to come in. For the Carolina Hurricanes, that hurting their chances even more. And that's disappointing for the Carolina Hurricanes because Frederick Anderson was unbelievable this entire year in the regular season uh, for the Canes. And him not being able to have his step and his foot in this playoffs for the Canes really hurt them. It was disappointing and for him. Uh, maybe he was going to come back in the conference finals. Who knows? He was traveling. He was practicing. He was getting ready. But ultimately, it didn't turn well out for him. And that's unfortunate and really unfortunate for the Carolina Hurricanes. You know, it's not where you want to be with your third-string goaltender playing in a Game 7. Obviously, it's not their only excuse. They they weren't having that offensive juice, that physicality. And unfortunately for them, that's just how it did roll. And we will see how it turns out. In the future. Now let's get into the Western Conference, the Battle of Alberta. This was a really fun series. I mean, I think a lot of people expected the physicality to be there, maybe the goals, but this was goals galore. Game one, nine to six for the Flames. Game two, the Oilers coming back five three, then winning game three four one. Game four, five three, and then game five five to four in overtime. Nothing like ending a series in overtime. This was a great series. The physicality was there. The goals were back and forth. Um, But I think the Oilers were definitely the better team in this series. Mark Sturm, who is usually a really good goaltender and a good one in the playoffs, he did struggle for the Carolina, or the Calgary Flames, rather. And I think for Edmonton right now, yeah, they have Mike Smith, and he struggles at time, but he was really good in this series, in my opinion. Uh, he was he got going a lot, and he had the fans behind him. He was getting really well, making great saves, not letting those rebound opportunities all the time. Sometimes some just get by him in Game 5. He let one get by him that a shot came past the red line and even went in. But he doesn't let that hurt his confidence. He shakes it off, and he keeps going. And that's what you need in a goaltender, in my opinion. You need someone... That is going to shake things off and continue to pressure and continue to get those rebounds and stay engaged in the game and shake things off immediately. And Mike Smith, with his age being around 40 years old, he really knows how to do that. And the veteran presence by him, I think, really shows. Connor McDavid for the Edmonton Oilers, man, did he put this team on his back, especially getting the overtime winner in game five. Connor McDavid, you could tell. From the emotion, especially when he got that overtime goal, how important this is. He said he hasn't won much in his career thus far, and the best player in the world right now, showing why he is exactly that. And 
for a while, the Edmonton Oilers haven't been able to win with him and Leon Dreisaitl, and they both came out huge in this series. Uh, when Evander Kane was put on that line as well, Evander Kane showed up in a huge way. Uh, he was big for the for the Calgary Flames against them, and for Kane and the Edmonton Oilers, he was unstoppable, and Connor McDavid would feed him the puck. He got a hat-trick in this series, and then you have Purari and Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Zach Hyman was a monster in this series as well. Everyone really just got going. And I think after that game one and the Flames got nine goals, it was really downhill from them from there. And they couldn't find the solution for Connor McDavid. Daryl Sutter, the head coach of the Calgary Flames, he said that we we weren't able to stop him. And I think Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, those big two uh, were difficult to stop. And that really made the series for the Edmonton Oilers, and it's going to be interesting to see how the Colorado Avalanche will be able to stop him because Calgary weren't able to. And I was talking about the Colorado Avalanche. That's who they're going to face off in the Western Conference Finals as the Avs winning the series in six games, beating the Blues 4-2. to Game 1 going to the Avs in overtime, 3-2. to Game 2 going to the Blues 4-1. Avs in Game 3 winning 5-2. to Abs in Game 4, going up 6-3. The Blues uh, saving their series. In Game 5, winning in overtime 5-4. And then the Blues losing in Game 6 to the Avalanche, and that being the series 3-2. And this was a really underrated series, um, but it ended up being a really fun one, um, especially with Jordan Bennington. Uh, it, it was unfortunate for him in the Blues that he got injured, but everything got more physical after, you know, Kadri, he didn't do that intentionally. The player safety didn't do anything, and trust me, they're tough on him. If they thought that it was a dirty play, they would have done something. Ended up not being one, of course. In my opinion, it wasn't. Uh, he was playing the puck, but the physicality got taken up after that. Kadri was able to score a hat-trick in the next game, and everyone was getting going. Physicality there. Cuso, um, he, he played well uh, the best he could, but obviously Jordan Bennington was really the difference maker in the first round and in the beginning of the second round, so not much the Blues could do there, and their offense, it was going, but the Avalanche, this was their time, Nathan McKinnon really got going in Game 5, and the, the grinders, the bottom six uh, for the Avalanche took things into their own hands in Game 6, uh, JT Comfort getting two goals, um, that's really what you want to see. And for the Colorado Avalanche in Game 6, everyone thought this one was going to overtime. But with 6 seconds left in the third period, Helm for the Colorado Avalanche winning the series for them and causing handshakes. And for the Avs, this was their time making the conference finals in around tw- first time in around 20 years. So finally for the Colorado Avalanche, who have been cup favorites for a while now, finally getting... The opportunity to make it to the conference finals and wow, I'm telling you, Edmonton and Colorado, Nathan McKinnon versus Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl versus Kale McCarr, everyone, this is going to be a great series. You have high octane offense on both sides, great defensive cores, goaltenders, they're they're not... The star goaltenders that you would see that we're going to see in the Eastern Conference. But it's going to be a really fun series. I think they're going to have 
Nathan McKinnon's going to do some ridiculous things that are going to be on highlight reels. And Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, they're going to do some crazy things as well. So let's get into previewing this series. If you are going to be sports betting, you know, I'm not going to be telling you anything uh, of what's better or whatever, but I'm telling you, over under, this is going to be a very high scoring offense. Uh, for both sides, there's going to be a lot of goals everywhere. It's going to be goals galore, just like the Battle of Alberta, because you're going to have two really great offense scoring and stars. It's going to be a great series with that. You're going to have, like I said, highlight real goals on both sides. And I think Darcy Kemper and Mike Smith, the goaltenders respectfully uh, for Colorado and Edmonton, they're both great goaltenders at times, but they do have their struggles in different moments. And it's going to be interesting. I think the goaltending is going to be key due to the offense and how things are going to be happening. So it's going to be really important for Mike Smith and Darcy Kemper to come up big for their teams, respectively, and really work hard to get those moments. So that's going to be really interesting and hard. You know, it's going to be hard for the goaltenders, especially if there's going to be odd man rushes, but they're going to have to make those odd man rushes saves to really make a difference in this series. It's going to be interesting, of course, but I'm really excited to see how it all turns out. I think the defense is also going to be important. Of course, we talked to, about Kale McCarr uh, with the Colorado Avalanche. He's a great defenseman, a young guy, but he's really an offensive man. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting to see how he turns it up defensively. He's going to have to play two ways, and he does so but he's going to have to be trying to find a solution for Connor McDavid. And that's important. Calgary wasn't able to do it. If the Colorado Avalanche are able to find a solution for Connor McDavid, they're going to have a really good mark in this series. And the same thing, if Edmonton can find a solution for Nathan McKinnon and able to stop him, um, that's going to be important. And I think for both stars, Nathan McKinnon for the Avs, Connor McDavid for the Edmonton Oilers, well, they want to keep their offense going, of course, but if they can play well defensively and be that two-way forward, that's going to help their team more because if they forget about the defensive zone and an odd man rush goes the other way because they're most likely going to play against each other on those matchups, it's going to be really important that they play a two-way game for both sides. And obviously, it's also going to be the secondary scoring um, for the, both teams. Uh, because when Nathan McKinnon's off the ice and Connor McDavid's on the off the ice, you want to get Zach Hyman and F all the other players, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Pulerari, to get goals and make those plays. And the Avalanche, they showed that in Game 6 against the Blues about their secondary scoring. They're going to have to get that as well. Now let's move on to the Eastern Conference Finals. And that is going to be a great series as well. By the way, the Western Conference Finals, when you are listening to this podcast on Tuesday, Game one is tonight. Uh, it's going to be Oilers at the Avs, 8 p.m. on TNT. Oh, and of course, let me give my predictions. I do think the Oilers could win this series, but I do have, and I did have the Avs since the start of the playoffs, going to the um, Stanley Cup Finals. I'm going to stick by that. Again, I was really surprised that Calgary was able to beat Edmonton. I had Calgary beating Edmonton in the Battle of Alberta. Um, but Edmonton and Connor McDavid really, he put the team on his back. Same with Drysaddle, they worked hard. Uh, but I ultimately do think that 
I think Colorado is the more complete team. Um, they've got a stronger defensive core, and you could argue the better goaltender as well. So I think they're the more complete team. Obviously, that completeness and that is going to have to do with being able to stop Connor McDavid. They can do that. They do have the more complete team. Uh, I think their physicality is going to be huge as well. That could be a good way to stop Connor McDavid. And I think this is going to go six or seven games. It's going to be a fun series to watch. That's going to be going on in TNT. Let's talk about the Rangers and Lightning. It's the Eastern Conference Final. It's going to be a fun one. The Rangers, who were in a rebuild just a few seasons ago, going against the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. The Rangers are the higher-seeded team, so games 1 and 2, and the home advantage will go to the Rangers. Game 1 is going to be on June 1st. Can't believe we're already in June. That's going to be this Wednesday. ESPN, 8 p.m. Games are going to be 8 p.m. from now on, unless the weekend games. So, the Lightning at Rangers, it's going to be a fun series, and... You know, we talked about the Oilers and Avalanche, two star forwards, McDavid, McKinnon. Well, with the Rangers and Lightning, this is going to be a goaltending star matchup. One of the best goalies, probably the best goalie in the league right now, and Andre Vasilevsky, the best goalie this season, and Igor Shosturkin. So this is going to be a crazy good series when it comes to goaltending, and that's going to be those greasy, grindy goals. You're not going to get those beautiful goals, and I think the Tampa Lightning are better built to get those greasy goals. Um, the Rangers can definitely do it, uh, but it's going to be really interesting to see how it all turns out. I think, you know, I thought they, the Rangers were going to get tested with the physicality uh, by the Carolina Hurricanes, and while they did get the physicality, I think the Lightning are going to be even stronger on that, so it's going to be really important and interesting to see how it does all turn out with that. Um, but I think the Lightning, they've been built for winning cups for a few years now. And I do think that they are going to continue that. Um, like I said, um, when they beat the Florida Panthers, I really do believe that this team will probably win the Stanley Cup. We'll see what happens against and who they play in the Stanley Cup Finals. And then I'll make that prediction. Um, but I do think the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to win this series. Uh, probably in five to seven games. Uh, I know that's a wide range. Uh, probably probably uh, six games or so. Um, but I think right now for the New York Rangers, they're riding high. But at this moment in time, with the Lightning having a lot of time to prepare after the four-game sweep, the Rangers, they're going to be tired after coming from two straight game sevens. They've been playing nonstop for four weeks now. I think a good rest for the Tampa Bay Lightning. So I I think if the Tampa Bay Lightning start off strong on the road, they get at least one game. If they come back with two wins, that would be unbelievable for them and their momentum. And I think that would be huge just because the Rangers are tired right now. Uh, And, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning, they're going to have to try and solve things um, for... Igor Shosturkin, they're going to try and have to get past him. We'll see if Braden Point can get past um, the Tampa Bay Lightning and or if Braden Point will get back for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, that will be important for them. But I think Kucherov will be huge for them. And, and, you know, for the Rangers and Lightning, don't take 
the penalties. That's not going to be strong for them. They need to calm that down uh, for both teams because both power plays are lethal, uh, especially Carolina took two penalties against the Rangers early in this game seven, and it made them pay. Uh, so both teams have strong power plays, and they have to make sure that they are staying disciplined. And I think it's going to be another, uh, it's going to be a low-scoring series um, just because of the great goaltending and defenses from both teams. So right now, if you can get that first goal and ride that momentum and shut things down and get those tight goals and those greasy ones, I think Tampa is more fit for those greasy goals, as I said. And it's going to be really interesting to see how it really all turns out. And I can't wait for these conference finals and see who gets to fight to hoist the Stanley Cup in the Stanley Cup final. It's going to be a great Eastern and Western Conference finals. Can't wait to see how it all really does turn out. Uh, now let's get into the second part of this week's focus. Moving on from the NHL and the Stanley Cup playoffs, it was a great second round. It's going to be an exciting conference finals. But another exciting thing that happened this week was the Ohio State women's ice hockey team making a monster signing when it comes to the transfer portal. As the Buckeyes sign a former rival in the Wisconsin Badgers, forward and star forward McKenna Webster, 5'2", coming from St. Louis, Missouri, forward. She's going to be a junior for the Buckeyes next year, playing high school hockey at Shattuck St. Mary's. And she is an unbelievable player that the Buckeyes are signing. This is a fantastic signing for Coach Nadine Muzzerell in the team. When I was talking to her post-national championship, she said they probably could afford only around one transfer student. Uh, and we're going to talk about if they could actually afford now um, more than one due to uh, what is going on money-wise with the team. Um, but this is a great signing. And McKenna Webster signing with the Ohio State Buckeyes to play hockey. And yes, did you notice how I said hockey and not ice hockey? Because McKenna Webster signing with the Ohio State Buckeyes as a two-sport athlete playing hockey, ice hockey, and field hockey for the Ohio State Buckeyes. And McKenna Webster not playing field hockey at Wisconsin. She played in high school. She was a very good player, playing internationally as well, representing the United States and I think when she entered the transfer portal, she did want to, you know, be able to be in a place where she could, in fact, play both sports. I think that was a dream for her to be a two-sport athlete. Uh, she wanted to have that opportunity and the Buckeyes giving her that chance. Uh, and I think that's really exciting for her. She said, I'm very excited to become a Buckeye, be part of Ohio State's traditions of athletics and academic excellence. I'm grateful to Coach Martin and Coach Mazzarell, who are committed to allowing me to pursue my dream. Being a two-sport athlete, I love the culture and commitment to development and winning that exists at Ohio State. And that's just it for her, right? Uh, a dream to be a two-sport athlete. Because here's the thing. It's an unbelievable accomplishment uh, to be a student athlete D1, right? And it's a lot of pressure. There's a lot going on. You're, you're balancing your athletics and your studies. But then, 
Imagine adding a second sport. Not only is that impressive, but it is going to be a lot for her. Um, but, of course, the Buckeyes, for the women's hockey side of you, they're willing to make that sacrifice and let her play field hockey if they can get her on the women's hockey team as well because she's a great player, um, especially for Wisconsin. And for Ohio State and the women's hockey team, they're going to allow her to play field hockey, but it is going to be a lot to balance. Uh, you know, field hockey, a fall sport, women's hockey, a winter sport. I'm sure maybe at some point games may overlap. Uh, we'll see how that all turns out, but it's going to be really interesting uh, because it's not like when field hockey is going on that the ice hockey team isn't practicing. Uh, so it's going to be able to, interesting to see how it all turns out and how she's able to balance that. Hope to get her on the podcast. Uh, later next season uh, and just check in with her and see how that transition's going. Um, but for Ohio State and McKenna Webster, she is going to be a junior. Uh, so they're going to get her for two years, which I think Ohio State's always wanted that. She actually could have an extra one uh, because she did play during the COVID years as well. Um, so it's going to be important to see because for the Buckeyes, they've never always, you know, they'll take some graduate students and things like that, but they do want transfer students that they do have a few years on. And that's really important for Nadine Muzrell and the Ohio State Buckeyes. And let's talk about Webster on the ice. She is a star. Webster coming into Ohio State after two seasons at Wisconsin, registering 66 points. On 31 goals, 35 assists for the women's team. In her freshman season, she helped the Badgers to the 2021 National Championship and was named the Frozen Four Most Outstanding Player in her freshman season. She's a two-time WCHA Forward of the Month and earned the HCA Rookie of the Month and National Player of the Month honor for her careers. And let's first look at the 2020-21 uh, season. A lot of, not a lot of games played uh, due to the COVID year, um, but she did play in all of them. And she was able to get eight goals, five assists, 13 points in 21 games. But she really turned it up in her second season, the most recent season. As this season, uh, she was able to get 23 goals, 23 goals. 30 assists, which led the team for a total of 53 points. So 53 points that is huge for her, uh, and that is a great, great thing for the Ohio State Buckeyes team to bring in high-octane offense. That is exactly what you want to see uh, for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Coach Nadine Muzerold said McKenna is a very gifted, talented, all-around hockey player in person. Uh, with her impressive collegiate experience thus far, we know that she will bring a lot of offensive power and continue to improve our defensive side of the game. She will be a full 200-foot hockey player and an instrumental in every aspect of the game. And that's important for the Buckeyes to have a 200-foot player. Um, and I want to talk about that a little bit. And we're starting to see, okay, who are the Buckeyes going to have on their lines? Let's assume they keep their top line of Rosenthal, Gardner and Buglioni. So now Peyton Levis, who played with Shepherds and DeGeorge, she needs a new line. And you look at Emma Malte, she's coming back. And if you're going to put her with Levis, that would be a great line. And then Webster. So just imagine 
Buckeyes fans right now. Um, you're going to have potentially, obviously, Coach Muzzarell may want to break up that top line and put Buglioni with Malte or something like that. But if you have Webster, Malte, and Peyton Levis all on one line, that is something unbelievable. It's going to be crazy if that does happen. And then, of course, you have um, the other lines. You're going to have freshmen coming in. You're going to have, still have Brooke Bank and Hosworth and many other great players there for the Ohio State Buckeyes hockey team. So right now for the women's hockey team, the future is bright. A great signing for them. I love that for them. And let's talk about it. I was saying Coach Mazzarell said they could afford one transfer student. Now, I can't confirm this. This is all speculation, but it is possible that the Buckeyes may be able to get someone else because if they only had room for one more scholarship or something like that, it is possible that they decided to use the field hockey scholarship to bring McKenna Webster in. Again, I can't confirm that. I don't know if that is exactly true, Uh, but when I'm thinking about things like that, you know, maybe it is possible that they did do that and did have room to now have enough money for a scholarship for another women's hockey player. I, you know, two sport athletes are rare, so I don't know how they split the scholarship and, and things like that, if they can afford it and how they deal with the money there. But that always is a possibility if it was. If they ended up doing it like that, that would be a genius move by the women's hockey team if the field hockey team was able to to buy on that money again. Don't know if that is possible and if that did happen. But if it did, we could see another transfer. It's going to be interesting to see if that's all the Buckeyes do this offseason. Obviously, they're doing other recruiting and things like that. Um, But right now, it's going to be interesting. Also, I'm sure they're starting to decide and think who are going to be their captains next year. That's going to be interesting as well. But right now, adding McKenna Webster to this Buckeye team gets them significantly better after losing some great seniors and graduate students after their national championship run, and it gets them ready for another great run, which I think they have another great shot to go back to back. That's going to be it for this week's Focus. We're going to get into the rapid headlines in College Corner right after this. All right, it's now time to get to the rapid headlines in College Corner here on 614 Check. And let's start with some College Corner. Joe Dunlap being the most improved player in the 2021-22 season, voted by the men's hockey team for Ohio State. Under the Blue Jackets sending defenseman Marcus Bjork to a one-year entry-level contract. 24-year-old right shot is 6'3", 203 pounds. And that is a good thing for the Blue Jackets. And we also know in College Corner that 3M Arena at Mariucci is getting a long-awaited update next offseason. 14 million project will replace ice refrigerant systems and at, at Mirachi and Ritter Arena and reduce the ice sheet. Uh, so shrink it up a little bit, which is going to be interesting. We also know that the PWHPA has entered into a formal relationship with Billy Jen Keen Enterprises and the Mark Walter Group uh, to explore a launch of a new professional women's hockey league, uh, which is exciting. Uh, league final details are not finalized, but it would be a six-team league with 23 player rosters, 30-team game season from January to April, minimum salary of 35000 league average salary of 55 k We also do know that Claude Giroux 
had a quick answer and said yes, he could see himself coming back with the Panthers in the future. We know that Tom Wilson of the Capitals, who was injured on May 3rd in a Game 1 against the Panthers, underwent successful surgical procedure on his left knee to reconstruct his torn ACL. We know Cam Thiessing was the Unsung Player Award winner uh, for the men's hockey team this year. One of the Golden Knights have interest in Paul Maurice and Rick Tockett and a potential new head coach. Uh, we, of course, know that the uh, a lawsuit against Hockey Canada and the Canadian Hockey League, uh, there was a settlement in the NHL made a statement saying two days ago, National Hockey League was advised of a lawsuit involving sexual allegations filed against eight unnamed members of the 2018 Canadian World Junior Hockey Team. We were subsequently provided with a statement of claim containing allegations of behavior that is a, both abhorrent and, re and reprehensible. We will continue to and devour to determine the underlying facts and to the extent this may involve players who are now in the NHL. We will determine what action, if any action, would be appropriate. We have no further comment at this time. Mason Lawyer for the men's hockey team for the Buckeyes was the best defensive player of the year. We also know, of course, that when it comes to the Battle of Alberta, didn't talk about this but four goals in 1 minute and 11 seconds in Game 5, the NHL record for fastest four goals in a playoff game. We also know that the new head coach, the Syracuse women's ice hockey team, is in fact Brittany Smith. Congratulations to her. Yorji Markilov is the rookie of the year for the men's hockey team. We also know that the St. Cloud Huskies making two big transfer portal signings signing Avery Myers and Jojo Choback. That is going to be interesting for them. We also know that Bruins' Brad Marchand undergoing successful hip, uh, arthroscopy, and a labial repair on both hips. Uh, we'll see how that turns out in the future. Wisconsin Badgers also uh, signing USA Hockey Olympian Jesse Comfort to Wisconsin. She's going to be a grad student there for them. We know the men's hockey team for the Buckeyes. Their MVP of the year was Jakob Dobesh. Oliver ekman Larson for the Vancouver Canucks suffering a foot fracture during the IIHF World Championship. Timeline for his recovery is four to six weeks. He also know Jason Spezza has announced his retirement from the National Hockey League. He will be joining the Leafs front office as a special assistant to Kyle Dubas. We also know that Team Finland are the champions of the IIHF 2022 World Championships. We know that Team Canada and Team USA have released their rosters for the Women's U18 Worlds. Uh, that's going to be exciting for Ohio State. Um, for Team USA, they have Sydney Morrow and Emma Peschel uh, that is going to be representing Ohio State that are commits in the future are going to be at that tournament uh, for Team USA. And then for Team Canada, uh, Jocelyn Amos and Jordan Baxter for Ohio State as well. Uh, and that is going to be it here for the Rapid Headlines in College Corner here on 614 Check. Without further ado, let's get right into the outro. I hope you enjoyed episode 27 of 614 Check here on the Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio Podcasting Network. And it's going to be 
a great Western Conference and Eastern Conference Finals in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I can't wait to see how the signing for the Buckeyes with McKenna Webster does turn out in the future. We're, of course, going to keep you up to date on the Stanley Cup playoffs and the Ohio State Buckeyes men's and women's ice hockey teams, including the Blue Jackets as well, in the future. So make sure you stay up to date. Again, make sure you follow us on social media due to how the games have been turning out with the conference finals and the playoffs as of late. We've been moving around the schedule a little bit, uh, so make sure you stay tuned on social media for NHL news and podcast news, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the handle at 614check, 4check spelled F-O-R-E-C-H-E-C-K. Make sure you follow Scarlet and Grace Sports Radio as well on Twitter at SGSR underscore OSU. Also want to give a huge shout out to one of my broadcast partners this year calling uh, hockey and everything else in Tyler Danberg. Tyler was an All-American in the Jim Nance Awards second team this year. A huge congratulations to Tyler. It was a great honor to broadcast with him this year and can't wait to broadcast future games with him on SGSR and Big Ten Plus in the future. So a huge congratulations to him. Uh, but that is going to be it for this week's episode of 614 Check. My name is Zach Rodier. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time on episode 28 of 614 Check. Thanks.